Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Jess Jenny with us. She is a travel physical therapist since 2010 and is the founder of WanderlustPTs.com, where she mentors aspiring travel therapists and coaches PTs how to design a career around a lifestyle they love. She offers a variety of free resources on her website related to those topics and also offers two online courses. One course where she teaches how to confidently become a travel PT, even as a new grad, as well as the other course is where she teaches you how to start your own cash-based online businesses and telehealth clinics. Jess, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, JT. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, honestly, like we talked about a little bit before we started recording, this is the first opportunity that I've had to be able to interview somebody that's been in travel PT, like we kind of talked about. We, I've heard a little bit about it. I learned a little bit about it in school, but I'm really excited to kind of go dig in deeper about it because it's such a cool, a cool option for physical therapists that want to travel and learn all these things. But I feel like we don't have a lot of resources early on in our careers. So yeah, would you be able to introduce yourself to the audience and give a little bit of a background of yourself? Yeah, awesome. Thank you. And and that's exactly why I created Wonderless PTs is because there isn't a lot of knowledge out there about travel PT. And honestly, now more than ever, the travel PT market is really hot um, compared to say during COVID, obviously, or pre-COVID. Um, right now, there are so many opportunities within travel PT. And a misconception that a lot of people have about travel PT is like, you can't do it as a new grad or you need experience first. And I break that down and I basically preach the gospel of travel therapy, especially as a new grad, um, and, and how great it is. So I'm really excited to be here and talk about travel PT. I myself have been a travel th- physical therapist for over 10 years. And as I gained experience as a travel PT, I realized I was getting a lot of questions from other aspiring travel therapists on how to do it properly uh, and without any without struggling as much as I did or by avoiding red flags and like things to look out for. So I didn't want other people to have to struggle and make the same mistakes that I did as a new traveler. So I realized that the wealth of knowledge that I had and that I'd learned over the course of a, a couple of years was really valuable. And I needed to share it with other people who wanted to pursue the travel therapy lifestyle. So uh, in 2016, I created a blog, started as a blog, wonderlesspts.com, basically to just share resources for other aspiring travel therapists. And it's morphed into like um, uh, webinars and online courses and free downloads and things like that so that people can learn how to do it, the ins and outs of it, and be confident moving forward as a travel therapist, even as a new grad. And since that's launched in uh, Wanderlust PTs, I've been able to mentor thousands of new grads into the travel therapy lifestyle um, and the one that I love myself. Um, so that's kind of how Wanderlust PTs got started. And as I built Wanderlust PTs and built the blog, I learned and I educated myself about blogging, about online business, about membership sites and webinars and copywriting and branding and marketing and email marketing and all of those things as I built 
uh, my website. And I learned by doing that, I basically started teaching myself online business and ultimately how to turn like this blog into a business. So um, I, I learned that aspect of it. And then in 2019, before COVID, I was really interested in telehealth. Like I felt like telehealth was going to be the new big thing even before COVID. And I was like, I need to learn everything that I want to everything about telehealth. So I actually enrolled in Rob Vining's telehealth residency program where he took me through everything about telehealth, all of his experiences and um, taught me what I needed to know about building my own digital practice um, and helping other people to learn how to build theirs. And, uh, and then when COVID hit in 2020, uh, March, I was ready. Like I was prepared. I knew telehealth and the company that I was working for as a traveler at that time, didn't know anything about telehealth. I was working for a big hospital system. And, uh, I said, guys, like, this is an opportunity for us to still continue to see people, um, but transition into telehealth. And so I was able to help their program transition and, make the transition from in-person to telehealth. Um, so that was a really great experience as a traveling therapist. And then naturally, as everybody did, got let go as a traveler um, because they didn't even have enough uh, work for their perm staff. So I got let go as a traveler and I made the decision of like, hey guys, we could just sit around and twiddle our thumbs and wait for the job market to swing back. Or we could take matters into our own hands and we could start our own businesses, online businesses and telehealth clinics. So that's when I made the transition into then coaching uh, travel therapists into coaching PTs to start their own online businesses from my online business experience and telehealth clinics. Um, and since then I have uh, helped over 55 PTs, I think at this point, start their own online business and telehealth clinics too. So um, that's been a little bit of my travel PT slash entrepreneurial PT journey. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it today. Yeah, no, thank you. That was like, thank you for the introduction and sharing everything. That's really cool on the aspect of telehealth that you were able to see it and kind of see that market and that, that opening and be prepared for it. Cause I feel like the majority of the PTA world from everyone that I've talked to was not prepared for it. And it was kind of a learning on the fly, just take it as you go. And just the hard knocks of, of the like of the experiences. And I feel like you definitely with that kind of preparation, it just, it seems like it's like I'm sure there was like learning along the way for sure, but it was definitely more of a preparedness, more of a okay, this is what to expect and like how to be best prepared for that. So that's awesome that you're able to be ahead of the curve on that aspect. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect like oh, that telehealth is for a pandemic. Like that's not what my mindset was. It was telehealth is a way to reach people who otherwise wouldn't have gone to therapy, or to reach people in more rural areas, or to be another. Um, adjunct to physical therapy, it wasn't like, I need to know telehealth so that I can help continue to treat people during a pandemic. And then, you know, fast forward a year and a half and here we are. Um, so it, it was great to have that uh, in my back pocket for when we actually needed to use it. Yeah. No, I, like you said, like no one, cause I had heard telehealth before and it was definitely a thing, but it was like we said, like for rural communities, for people that weren't going to have that same access to PT and then everyone needed access to it in that sense. And so that was such a cool way to prepare for it and, and to apply it in that sense. And so I kind of wanted to, to ask a little further, could you explain a little bit about the lifestyle of a travel PT and just the pros and cons? Obviously there's some really cool things um, like, like just superficial things that I've learned of traveling and be able to experience all these different places and learn things from all these different 
practices that you're in, but also what are some of the cons or what are some of the other things that are things that you've really enjoyed that you didn't expect when you initially started becoming like getting into travel PT? Yeah, sure. Uh, so first let's start with what is travel PT travel PT is when you work short term for a facility, it could be a school, it could be an outpatient facility, a hospital, basically any setting that employs physical therapists, chances are they may need a short term, uh, physical therapist. And usually you are employed by an intermediate company, like a recruiting agency or a staffing agency. Those are words or terms you might've heard before. So you're employed by them and then they, staff you or they contract you into those facilities. Typically you're employed or you're contracted for 13 weeks at a time, but if you need, if they need you for longer and if you want to stay for longer, then you could extend your contract as well. In my 10 years of doing this, I on average stay about six months in each place. And so I've done about 20 contracts up to this point. Um, so that's kind of what travel therapy is. And naturally there's the obvious like pros of, well, you get to see new places, right? You're moving to new places, you're seeing what jobs are available, and then you apply for the jobs that might interest you in the areas that might interest you. And then if you're a good fit for them, it, you interview. If, you, if they think you're a good fit, if you think uh, they might be a good fit for you, you can sign a contract with this facility, go there uh, for 13 weeks at a time, and you get to explore this new area. Um, so that's really great. You can take the time to like go see new places or cities that surround it on the weekends. Um, you meet new people, right? Obviously, you're going to be surrounded by new coworkers, and oftentimes these coworkers tend to be like your new best friends. And then these new great people help you to uh, try out new hobbies. So for me, um, an example is I met friends who took me hiking, and I'd never been hiking before, right? Um, or they introduced me to van life. And now I have a conversion van, right? Or they introduced me to hot yoga, which initially I was giggling, right? In the beginning of class. And then at the end, I was laying there thinking like, whoa, this must be what doing drugs feels like. Like I was euphoric. <laughs> it was incredible. And fast forward two years and now I'm a certified yoga instructor, right? So it's like these experiences from these people and these hobbies that they introduce you to change you as a person. Um, so of course, meeting the people and just establishing friendships that you aren't sure how you ever would have been able to live without. Um, that's a really cool part about travel therapy. Naturally, you are trying out different settings if you want to. Um, so you get experience in a lot of different settings and working amongst different clinicians too. So some people might say, oh, well, as a travel therapist, this is one of the myths I've heard as a travel PT, you, uh, you won't grow clinically. And to me, that's not the truth at all, because you're bouncing around to different clinics and working with multiple clinicians and learning from them and learning from different patient populations and different cultures. Um, so you're getting exposed to so much more than if you were to be say in one spot for five years, um, versus being in, 10 or more spots over the course of five years. So um, learning from the other clinicians that you work amongst, um, being able to take time off. I think this is for me, uh, one of the biggest benefits of being a travel PT is you get to make your schedule kind of in that like, okay, I'm gonna work for 13 weeks and then I wanna take some time off in between contracts so that I can go home and visit a family or so that I can go to Europe and backpack in Europe. And so this, you're not tied to a schedule after that 13 weeks. 
Um, so being able to be in control of your time and your location uh, feels like freedom to me, right? And that's probably one of the biggest benefits, um, in my opinion, is, is to work when you want, when you want, and take the time off so that you have that work-life balance. Um, and of course, there's the financial benefits of it. And uh, WebPT Salary Guide says that assistants and therapists who are travelers could potentially make almost double that of permanent uh, PTs. And that's the case for a couple of different reasons. Um, but the financial benefits of being a traveler are significantly more than permanent positions. Um, so I think those are all of the pros that I can think of off the top of my head. And then um, what are the cons? Like, what are, what are some of the challenges with travel PT? And I think the longer you do it, the less uncomfortable some of these things feel. So of course, when I first started being a traveler, uh, leaving friends and family was hard, right? Being able to pick up and just go to a new place where you don't know anyone. Um, but you quickly learn, well, one, we have FaceTime now, which <laughs> when I started, I don't know how readily that <laughs> available that was, uh, but FaceTime, you know, you can, in, as a traveler, you can take time off to go home on the weekends and visit family, right? So you might say, okay, well, I don't want to get homesick. So in six weeks, I'm going to take a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm going to go home and visit the family. And you can do that as a traveler. You just have to ask for that time off before you sign your contract. Um, so you can kind of plan those out. Um, and you quickly realize that these new places that you go to, you find your friends and your family there too. You build new friends and family and you are excited to meet the new friends and family at the new place that you're going to go to because it's, it's part of the journey. Um, some people hate the moving and packing and finding housing part, but for me, I love HGTV's House Hunters. And if you love it, then chances are you might like finding the new space for you to live in too. It's like, oh, are they going to go with the bungalow or the downtown apartment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and that's what it's like. Every time you move somewhere new, I, I line up a couple different places to go look at and see which one fits for me. Um, finding, finding housing, I said that. Learning a new system every time you go somewhere new, right? So a lot of places are using electronic medical records or EMRs. Mm -hmm. And so just getting familiar with the di different systems, but by the time you get to the 20th job, chances are you've used the system already and you kind of know how to use it. You just have to figure out how they use it specifically. Like what are their um, tactics and tools that they use? Uh, but starting as a new grad, I think, or, or a new aspiring traveler, the biggest challenge is like not knowing what to do, not knowing what questions to ask, um, being put in vulnerable situations, looking out for red flags, not knowing how to negotiate. Like those are all of the how-tos that I wanted to make sure that people knew how to do so that they wouldn't feel like they're challenges, but instead, oh, I know how to do that. Um, making the travel experience a little bit easier. Uh, so I, I'd say those are the pros and cons. I'm okay. probably some, but yeah, so I just wanted to ask a couple of follow-up questions because as you shared those things, it kind of brought to my mind. I guess I wanted to know, and, and this is just super limited, like you said, there's a bunch of different settings in travel PT. I guess, are you able to be a travel physical therapist in all settings or are there certain ones that are more common than others? Like that's something that I didn't know a ton about and I would like love to, like, what are those settings that if someone's interested in, you could find a, a position in travel PT with that? 
Yeah. Uh, so it depends <clears throat> on the market. Right now, the market is pretty great. Uh, typically, there are a lot of skilled nursing facility openings, right? But that's not to say that there are not school-based openings or outpatient openings or ALF openings, right? So they, uh, home health, these are, there's availability in all settings. What I tell people though, is if you're going to be more specific to a setting, you have to be more open to location. And naturally you have to be licensed in each state that you go to, right? So um, you have to be licensed in that state. And if you're going to be specific to say, well, I only want to work in outpatient. Well, then your priority is to find an outpatient job. And now what four states are you open to or are you licensed in that may have outpatient jobs for you, especially, and that are willing to take a new grad, say, if you're a new grad. Um, so you kind of have to prioritize what's important for you. Uh, some people prioritize location and say they only want to go to California. Okay, well, if that's the case, you have to be more flexible on what setting you work in because you're going to be specific to whatever jobs are available and open in that state right then and there. My advice is to just be open to an amazing experience as a traveler. You want to make sure that um, it's the right job for you as a new grad. You want to make sure that there's other people there to answer your questions, mentorship, orientation, a good ramp up period, right? So if you can set aside prioritizing a state or a setting specifically to start and just know that you want to get your feet wet and travel, stepping outside of your comfort zone, having a good experience and a great orientation and surrounded by other great clinicians, prioritize that stuff and find that job versus saying, I only want outpatient in California or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense because I definitely, and the part that you at, like that you highlighted earlier, I really liked is like it, when you're exposed to more settings and more like clinics and or like practices or different places that definitely, I feel you become more polished because I feel like sometimes you can get more kind of just routine and get into that monotony of like, oh, this is how it's been working. I'm going to do this. But when you're going different places, you're kind of out of that comfort zone, out of those things. And you have to, you might not have the same, the same like, equipment or things that you want to use with that patient. So I think that's such a cool aspect that you are constantly growing and changing. And then like you said, you're rubbing shoulders with so many different clinicians that you're able to learn things that I, I feel like I've, I've loved my clinical rotations because of that. I, I am going to different places, although like, for example, two of them are both out or a couple of them that I've been to have been outpatient, but they run very differently or their methodology and treating even between CIs at the same place is different. So that's been really cool to, to experience. And I feel like that's something that to say that you're not going to grow or in travel PT, I don't get like that one doesn't make sense to me at all. Cause I feel like you are constantly having opportunities to grow and interact with others and gain their perspectives as well. Absolutely. For sure. And you, you learn how to work in a small um, space, like a 20 by 20 space with two plinths and no modalities. And you learn how to work in a huge gym with 20 other clinicians with every tool and modality that you possibly would need. So you learn how to morph based on what it is you have and uh, the tools that you have available to you. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting that and sharing that. I feel like that was a lot of information and I kind of want to kind of unpack it as well. So I guess you talked about like there's different agencies and, and, and people that you can sign up with. I wanted to know, like, what are some of the important steps when deciding to become a travel PT? What are the, some of those things that if someone reached out to you, what are some of those things that you'd say and highlight as really important? Yeah. Um, first off, know that you can travel as a new grad. You, you absolutely can do it. A lot of people might say, oh, you need experience first, or you shouldn't travel as a new grad because of X, Y, and Z. You absolutely can travel as a new grad. I think that's really important for people to understand. And here's why. 
80 80 to 90% of travel jobs are actually permanent jobs seeking permanent staff that can't find the permanent staff quick enough. So they would be the same jobs that you would be applying for as a new grad if you were to move to the area and interview for those positions. The key is to know what questions to ask on the interview to rule in or out whether it's the right position for you as a new grad. And I keep saying as a new grad, but really for any clinician, right? I I think by speaking to new grads specifically, you know, you know, I'm I'm covering all the bases, but seriously, it's the interview that's going to help you to determine whether it's the right fit for you. And 80 to 90% of those positions are permanent positions. They just haven't found permanent staff for one reason or another, not necessarily because they're bad. It could be for a variety of different reasons. Um, And I go into detail in this uh, about about this in the webinar that I offer, Um, but specifically know that they're all permanent positions. Um, And in fact, I've been asked to stay permanently in all of the jobs basically that I've been to. So they're trying to get you to enjoy your time. They're trying to get you to stay there, um, but you absolutely can can travel as a new grad. You have to ask the right questions on the interview. You have to be interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And you have to not only know the right questions to ask, but what the answers actually mean. What does it mean to have 90% productivity at a SNF? It's not the same as having 90% productivity at, a, as an, outpatient, at an outpatient clinic, right? You need to understand these kinds of things. Um, so I think that's That's the first piece of it. Know that you absolutely can, but you have to have the right education and support and mentorship uh, as a new grad if you want to be a traveling therapist. Uh, Number two, I would say work with a recommended recruiter. And there are hundreds of different companies and recruiters out there. And unfortunately, some of them can take advantage of you. So my advice is to go with a recruiter who is recommended from somebody who has been doing it for a while, who knows what to look out for, who knows the red flags, and who knows that um, you can trust them and that they won't take advantage of you. And I'm not talking like your friend who started last year, somebody that knows what to look out for. Um, I offer connecting people with uh, my recommended recruiters through my website, if you're interested in that. But there are so many different things to look out for when it comes to choosing a staffing agency. Uh, and a recruiter, like the both of those things are important. So it's good to know if you're going with somebody who's recommended, like you're, if you're looking to stay at an Airbnb, you want to see what everybody else has said, and this is recommended, and it's five out of five Mm -hmm. stars. Um, So in the same way, you want to make sure that you have a a vetted and a recommended recruiter. Um, I would say, make sure that your resume is perfect. You've perfected your resume. And what is it that sets you apart from the other therapists? What kind of tools or skills have you learned? Uh, What kind of modalities or patient diagnoses have you worked with? And include those specifics in your resume and make sure that it not only reads well, but also is aesthetically pleasing as well. And get coaching, get mentorship. That would probably be my final I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on that, but it's so important, right? We, unfortunately, travel therapy gets a bad rap because people jump into it without knowing what to look out for, or what questions to ask. And in my experience, these things can be avoided, these, the bad experiences that they've had. Um, so you wouldn't jump into my metaphor that I use is you wouldn't jump into the water without knowing how to swim. And while PT school taught us how to be clinicians, 
it didn't teach us how to be entrepreneurs or how to find the right job necessarily or the right travel position for us. So make sure you know what to look out for when it comes to um, productivity and uh, interview, things like that. Yeah. And I, and I like what you said about the, like making sure that you have like a mentor or a coach and like that. And it's something that I, I've realized, like kind of going through and talking with everybody on the podcast, that there are a lot of people that have been through things like that I have not been through yet. Like, why do I need to have to go through those things firsthand and not know what to expect instead of like learning from somebody and, and having that experience of them? Obviously, I'm an experiencer for the first time and learn things along the way, but to be kind of prepared to, to like know what to expect or look for, I think it's such a invaluable thing that like experience can only be can only be taught through experience and so getting that from somebody else i think is valuable to just kind of have a little bit broader of a vision of what's on the horizon and something else i also wanted to want like ask and kind of i, I wondered about is you said a lot of it like is important is the interview aspect what are some of the things that you highlight like that someone wants to travel pt and they're in an interview what are some of those like you said productivity i guess what are some of the important things to highlight to make sure that, oh, is this going to be the right fit? Am I going to enjoy it here? What are some of those things that you look out for? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure I won't be able to remember all of them off the top of my head, but I have a free download on my website. That's like top 10 must ask interview questions. If you guys want that, head over to the website, wanderlustpts.com and you can download um, the top 10 interview questions, but uh, specifically productivity. And like I said, you can't just ask, what is your productivity? You have to know what that answer means. And I say that because I made that mistake. I was working as a new grad in a, um, not a travel job, but I was in a perm job initially right out of school. And I was working, seeing 20 patients a day. Like my productivity was through the roof. I was easy peasy. Like I love my job. I liked what I did. And moving from that hundred percent productivity or whatever it was I was doing into a skilled nursing facility, when they said 90% productivity, I thought, oh, well, I already do that right now. That's got to be cake. Well, it's not cake if you have to share a computer and you can't do point of care documentation. And if you can't find a blood pressure cuff that works and so-and-so's on in the bathroom and you have to consult with somebody else and this is non-billable time. And now all of a sudden you're at 70% productivity and you're like, what just happened? But if you don't know those things going into the job, like you don't know what you don't know, right? And so that's why it's so important to um, understand not only what questions to ask, but also what the answers mean. So I would say productivity. Um, ramp up time for productivity. How long, what does, let me back up. What does orientation entail? What am I going to be doing? How long am I spending um, learning the EMR system? How, how do you do orientation? Um, and will I, will there be somebody there to ask questions? Are there other therapists available? How long before you expect me to be up to full productivity? What is full productivity? Is there time scheduled for documentation or am I required to do it after hours or during lunch? Um, so, I mean, these are just a couple of things off of the top of my head that I can think of. Um, but I, I dive into nitty gritty setting specific interview questions too in, in some of the stuff that I teach as well. So it depends on the setting too, but I have some pretty general uh, ones available. Those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that because I feel like those are like some super important things to have is like know what your the baseline is coming in, know what to expect. Because if, yeah, if you don't know what to expect, you might come in and like just, yeah, in for rude awakening if it's something that you weren't expecting and it might be a tough and you sign that contract and it's going to be a tough experience for that sense. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense in that, that 
to make sure to be prepared and to uh, have that clear communication so that there's no questions or no issues as you progress throughout the contract. So thank you for highlighting those things. Sure. And another one I thought of too, that I, I wanted to mention, because this was like a, a rude awakening, like you said, yeah. um, what does the schedule look like and how does scheduling work? And specifically when uh, we were interviewing for a job once, we learned that at this facility, they wanted you to be doing an evaluation at the same time you were treating somebody. So the evals weren't one-on-one, but you were overlapped with treatments. And uh, that was like a, "Mm, no, that's, we're not comfortable with that, right? So instead, we negotiated in our contract that the evals would be 45 minutes instead of an hour. And then the following treatment would be 45 minutes. So really the billable time is the same between the two, um, between the two, but before they had a one hour evaluation overlapping with a 30 minute treatment. And, and that just wasn't comfortable for me. So we negotiated that change into the contract, but like, you wouldn't know that this company does things that way. If you weren't nitty gritty and turning over every rock of like, well, how long are your evaluations? Do you expect me to be treating somebody else at the same time that I'm evaluating a patient uh, in an outpatient clinic? And maybe it's normal for some people, but I wasn't comfortable doing that. So we negotiated um, that. But that's, you wouldn't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, no, that's super cool. Cause I, and that's really cool that you're able to like, okay, you find that and you realize, okay, I'm not comfortable with that. And I'll be honest, like, I, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that right now for sure. Uh, and to be able to then realize that and negotiate it, I guess that's another thing. Like, how much is there a negotiation with contracts? So that's something that I'm totally in like unaware of. Like, are you able to really negotiate? Like you said about time off, like you want to build this time off to go visit family. Are things pretty negotiable in travel PT or like, it's kind of like, here's the contract, take it if you want. Or like, how does that work with negotiations and everything? Yeah. Uh, depends on the company, depends on the recruiter, the company, it depends on the facility. So it depends, right? We're all used to hearing that. <laughs> therapist. Uh, but you were saying time off. So time off is, yes, you could negotiate that if you're taking time off during the contract. In between the contract, you're not technically employed, so you can do whatever you want. Uh, just be mindful of, say, if you're on their benefits, you have to take that into consideration, um, you know, because you can only be on their health benefits for so long before you're not an employee of theirs anymore. Uh, so that would be the time off piece of it. And um of course, there's the pay negotiation piece of it. And I teach the specifics of negotiating pay and different opportunities to negotiate pay in, in the online course. But a couple different things, it depends again, right? A couple things de- depend on the bill rate. Um, the bill rate, meaning how much the facility can pay the recruiting company, the recruiting company takes out what they need, and then they pay you uh, what's left over. So there is opportunity for negotiation here. How much? It depends on the facility and the bill rate and the staffing agency. Um, Yeah, so there absolutely is opportunity for negotiation. You have to know where those opportunities lie and how to do it tactfully. Okay, yeah, those are like, those are things that I, I, I wouldn't know how to expect or how to go about those things. And yeah, negotiating something that we don't learn a lot about in PT school, obviously. And so that's, thank you for highlighting those and sharing those things. I also kind of wanted to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you specifically about like, were you ever interested in becoming an entrepreneur prior to PT school? Was that ever on the radar or how did that come about too? 
that I love this question. This is great. Uh, I think for those of us who are entrepreneurs or who are always seeking to build something or create something like you, JT, I mean, doing this podcast, right? It's always a burning passion deep down inside us, whether we hear it or not right away is different. But for me, it's always been there. I've always wanted to do something more. I, um, in fact, business was one of the five majors that I tried out before I found physical therapy. I think it was like theater, architecture, film and communications, business, optometry, and then physical therapy. So <laughs> guys, you know, you can try everything out. It's totally fine. Um, but business was in there. And I think what deterred me from it is I didn't like the structure of like learning accounting and economics and stuff like that to sit behind a desk and work for somebody else. Um but I always loved the idea of being my own boss and creating something for myself. And my family, I was lucky enough to have my family instill in me that if you're not busy building your own dreams, you're busy building somebody else's. So I'll say that again, because that's, that's like, that's cool. a good one, please. If you're not busy building your own dreams, you're busy building somebody else's. And, and I believe that. And so I wanted to build something for myself And now that I have, I want to teach other PTs. I want to empower other PTs, how they can do it for themselves too, and step away from the uh, conventional nine to five and step away from the, think outside of the box of how else you can start serving um, the niche or the community that you want to work with. So um, while I initially started Wanderlust PTs to help the aspiring traveling therapists, it's kind of like ultimately morphed into helping now all PTs kind of achieve this freedom and think about what kind of lifestyle they want to live first and then designing your career around the lifestyle that you want. That's like kind of now my new mission, you might say, Um, whether it's through travel therapy, right? And being able to take time off and explore or creating an online business and being able to work from anywhere or having a side hustle um, or telehealth or an online course where you're creating passive income with digital courses. So um, I don't, I don't even remember what the initial question. Oh, was I always interested in entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And that, that brings me to another, um, I don't know if it's a piece of advice or something, but the more you can do outside of just being, the more you can learn outside of just being a clinician, the wider your reach is going to spread, right? So as a PT, if you learn about marketing and business or copywriting, or you now have just amplified your uh, skill set and have opened up a lot more doors, a bigger network, Um, So that would be a big piece of advice is like, just whatever interests you, you're going to be able to find a way to tie it together. Like if you're a banjo player and a physical therapist, you're going to find a way to help banjo players with pain, right? Like what a cool niche that is. Um, Anyway, I own a banjo. That's why I said that. (laughs) All right. Very cool. And and honestly, no, I, I love that quote that you shared that like, yeah, if you have dreams, like you're either building them or yeah, you're building somebody else's. And that was something that I, I've never heard of that quote, but I definitely want to keep that quote in mind. I think that definitely fuels the entrepreneurial drive in me. Like hearing that quote, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to build something. And I love how you said, actually, I interviewed Meredith Kasten, who's like with the non-clinical PT. And that yeah. was super cool because I realized there are so many different ways, like a PT degree, like we gain so much knowledge, yes, in physical therapy, but also in other skills. 
and we have a bunch of other skill sets. And so we shouldn't like, obviously if you like, like most of us get into the profession because we want to treat and we want to help people, but also understand like with that, you can use those skills and, the, and those knowledge to apply in different aspects and avenues up, like that aren't maybe the clinical route and still be able to make such a big impact on people's lives. I think that's one of the big things we love making positive impacts in people's lives. And so that's been such a big um, change in my perspective of things with that and learning those things. And I love that you're able to, to do that and obviously travel PT, but in other ways as well, helping people grow their businesses and, and allowing them to maximize the skill set and knowledge that they've learned throughout their careers. So thank you for, for highlighting that. My pleasure. And, and it's, it's an ongoing journey, right? Like I've taken online courses about how to create an online course or about copywriting or about marketing or about telehealth, like keep learning. It doesn't have to just be in the clinical skill set of how do I treat patients with vertigo better? Like it can be outside of the clinical skill set. It should be in addition to becoming a better clinician as well. Gotcha. And I actually wanted to ask you another question that had come to my mind. You highlighted it a second ago. You obviously love traveling and things. This is just a random side note. Where did you like, like with the traveling and everything, where have you most enjoyed your like traveling PT career? Where has it taken you that you didn't expect a, and also be like, where have you most enjoyed? Like just a, a random side note that I wanted to know. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I, I love, I found myself in Greensboro, North Carolina a couple of times. Love it. Just establish a great friend base there. It's kind of halfway between um, family in New York and family in Florida. Uh, so, and it's close to the mountains and close to the beach. Like that's just, I don't know, geographically, maybe that was great. But I think one experience I'd love to share is um, I was saying that typically travel therapists are staffed for short-term jobs Um and in the wintertime, all of the snowbirds flock down to Florida, right? And so from about January to May, maybe, or, or October to May, there's an influx of the population nearly doubles in Naples, Florida. So I was fortunate enough and being from like Rochester, Buffalo, New York area and getting hit with horrible winters for so many years, I was eager to jump on the opportunity to go to Florida for two winters. Um, and in Naples, Florida, which is like a beautiful area. If you aren't familiar, just do Google Naples, Florida, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's beautiful. Um, and ended up working for a clinic inside of a active adult community, like a private gated community inside of their gym, inside of a private PT room. So I was only serving the patient, the population within this community, and they could show up on their golf carts. And uh, a lot of them were very active. And I remember walking in, there was like water fountains and marble. And like, it was a beautiful experience. So I, I like to share that because a lot of people think, oh, well, travel therapy is like bad jobs or jobs that nobody wants. And like, this was a dream come true, not just the patients that I worked with, but like the, the ambiance. And I remember sitting out next to the pool and the palm trees eating lunch every day. Like it just was, it was beautiful. So that would probably be my experience to share. And one of the jobs that specifically sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cause yeah, that's, I think that is sometimes 
travel PG can have that bad rap of like, oh, you go to places like that no one wants to, it's hard to find. And that's that's a great point that you highlighted. That was an that sounds like an awesome place. Like I live in Arizona and so that's I feel like we have the same thing. We have a lot of influx of people. And so that's something I never thought about, but I'll definitely have to think about that in the future. Um, and this is and I wanted to ask you another follow-up question, um, kind of in line with that, but this is something that I love to ask everybody um with this experience that you have in your specific niche. Um, what is something that you had wished you had learned sooner that once you learned it, it really just kind of was a big stepping stone for you in, in your career? This is more of a mindset thing that I want to share with um, people. And it's if somebody hasn't been where you want to go, or if somebody doesn't have the same vision to do what you want to do, take their advice with a grain of salt. And because chances are they can't see your vision and they might derail your momentum and your excitement about whatever it is. Uh, Whereas if you're talking amongst people who have the same vision as you or have already been and done what you've done, they are only gonna support you, empower you, encourage you. And let me now explain it a little bit more. For example, when I talk to people and say, I'm a traveling therapist, I move every six months and go somewhere new. Tech, usually it was the older population that has lived in the same place and is like comfortable in the same house for the same 50 years. Like they are the ones that look at you like you have 10 heads. But a lot of the population does look at you like you have 10 heads when you say, I'm a travel PT, I move every 13 weeks and go somewhere new and try something new. Uh, Or if you present that to somebody who hasn't been a traveling therapist and they might say, oh, well, you shouldn't do that because this and that. My advice is talk to other people, surround yourself with other people who are equally as excited about it or who have already done it. Same thing with starting a business, right? If, If you're talking to people who are comfortable in their current situation are comfortable with the conventional and the nine to five and the societal norm of settling down or of like, that is, that's right for some people, but it's not right for all people. And it's okay to be different than the societal norm. It's okay to be different than what your friends do or what your parents have done. And so that's like, if I could say the one thing, that would be my one thing is like, Surround yourself with other people who want to go where you've been or have been and, and be okay with being different and trying beating to your own drum. I would say that's, that's a piece of it. Yeah, no, I I really like that. I can analogy came to my head when you shared that. And it was like the analogy, like I learned it before and I really liked it and I've tried to like apply it in different aspects of my life, but it's like a fire. And like, as a fire goes, like I'll have those like embers and coals kind of all there at the bottom. And together, they, they, if you don't touch it or anything, it stays warm for a long time. But then if you take like an ember out or a, and you let it sit outside of the fire for a while, it will cool off faster and kind of and it will go cold. And I thought about that in a lot of different ways and kind of how you were sharing this, like if you surround yourself with people in the like mind, like vision, that will continue to grow and and keep that momentum or keep that that fire going as compared to if you were to take that out and surround yourself in another environment that's not as conducive or not the same vision 
that could be more susceptible to burning out that fire or taking out that, that vision. And I, and I've seen that in a lot of different things, like random side note, like as I've been in PT, PT school, I've gotten into like real estate and like, it's been interesting to me and like learning that. And as I talk to people, like there's a specific type of like real estate and stuff that I have in mind and people that don't have any knowledge in it. It's they're like, yeah, that's like interesting. But the people that have the same vision, they're like, no, this is super cool. Like you should go behind it, like chase that. And it's interesting, like how that applies directly over to what you said, even though it's not in PT specific, I totally can relate to that. Yeah, totally. And, and it also speaks to the, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with right? So pick those people wisely and help them to empower you and lift you up and, and push you into the direction of your dreams. And if they're not, it's not necessarily because your dreams are wrong. Yeah. Maybe, no, that's, maybe it's that's, just you need to find other people to empower you in, in those ways. That's spot on. Thank you for that. And I also wanted to, just before we wrap up and everything, I wanted to ask you, what is one of the most important things you could say to an aspiring clinician who wants to become a travel PT? Yeah. Uh, I preach growth happens outside of your comfort zone. That's like, so with anything, right. You're only getting stronger. Once you start to hit the brink of fatigue outside of that comfort zone, you're only improving flexibility. Once you start to get to that point of discomfort or stretch, and that's true across all all things in life, whether you're building a business or whether you want to become a travel PT and specifically within the travel PT realm, it's like, if you've considered it and you thought about it and you might want to do it, do it. You're already ready for it. And and, I mean, that's true for business too. If you're thinking about it, you're already ready for it. Somebody told me that about uh, yoga teacher training because I said, I'm not sure I'm ready for it. I don't know how to do a handstand or I can't do a handstand yet. And they said, if you've already considered becoming a yoga teacher, you're already ready for it. You just have to do it. You just have to push yourself into that discomfort and step outside of your comfort zone. Um, As it relates to travel therapy, be open to location and setting. Some of the places that I didn't want to go to ended up being my favorite, Greensboro, for example, Um, and settings. You might not consider home health before, but that's one of my favorite settings that if you've never tried it, you might not know how much you enjoy helping people in their own homes return to function. Um, so that growth happens outside of your comfort zone, be open to setting and location, uh, work with recommended recruiters. Uh, like I said, wanderlustpts.com forward slash recruiter can get you in touch with those people who I recommend, um, set yourself apart from the competition and include those things in the resume. We kind of talked about some of these things already and know what to look out for as far as finding the right job. Uh, like I said, there's a download on my website. It's pretty, uh, obvious. I think right when you get there, you can click and download it there. Um, and then advice for aspiring travel PTs is educate yourself, get a mentor, know that I'm always available. Um, if you guys have any questions related to travel PT, I have a free webinar, um, on my website about travel PT 101 or how to confidently become a travel therapist, uh, even as a new grad. So like educate yourself in all of those ways before you step into it. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And that, that's the follow-up question I wanted to ask. If someone's interested in talking more with you, you, you shared your website. What are some other, like, what is the best way you'd say to be able to contact you? And if they want to learn more about travel PT and all the things that you help provide. Yeah. Um, 
Email is best. I stay most organized in email. So my email is info at wanderlustpts.com. W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T-P-T-S, plural.com. Um, or you can find me on the socials. So Facebook or Instagram at wanderlustpts. And the website, of course, is wanderlustpts.com. So I look forward, if you guys hear this, drop me a message on Instagram, say like, hey, I heard it. Just let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I really hope everyone, anyone who's ever even like had the inkling of travel PT can be able to like absorb this, like re-listen to it and really get that knowledge. Because I feel like it's something that we aren't as exposed to in PT school or even before that, or even in new grads. And to be able to have that option and know like, hey, this is, if this is something I'm interested in to be able to really know there are people that are prepared to help me in this. I don't need to go into it alone. I think that sometimes can shy us away from certain things or certain avenues of PT is that we don't know. And we're, we've just always been presented the inpatient or outpatient. And like, we kind of have that preparation, but we don't know all these other avenues that could be really enjoyable for us. And someone like yourself is able to provide all of that information and mentorship and experience that we don't have at that time could that could deter us from going to something like that so thank you so much jess awesome thank you so much jt for having me yeah i really look forward to being able to see you continue to grow and progress and and possibly have you back on to be able to share more about your updates with travel pt and how we can continue to grow and progress in that realm of pt so thank you again for everything awesome i love that thanks Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.